When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by BetDAC. Get 0% commission on all sports for 100 days when you join BetDAC.com, the sports betting exchange today. New customers only. Terms and conditions apply. Now, here's your host, Emmett Kennedy. Once more, onto the breach, dear friends, as we say farewell to the National Hunt season with a bang. It's Punches Down 2023. You're welcome onto the show. It's great to have your company. And as always on a Monday from BetDAC, one of the top traders, one of the top broadcasters in the business, manages to combine both. Barry Call, welcome back to the show, my friend. Good afternoon, Emmett. A pleasure, as always, to be on. Looking forward to unearthing a few gems at Punchestown this week. And you will have plenty of those gems. I might have a few nuggets, but the man who's going to have all the gems from time for him, Mr. Mark Milligan. Good afternoon. Not sure I can quite live up to that build-up, but... I've had a few weeks off, haven't I? So I'm back refreshed and with a new outlook on proceedings, which will probably mean me defaulting and selecting all the favourites as usual. <laughs> Let's go! Uh, well, look, it is Punchestown 2023, but realistically, it's Willie Mullins bingo on acid. Like, this is the meeting that he absolutely dominates. He's already dominated the season. I did think he was going to train 10-plus winners at Cheltenham. That was very naive of me in hindsight but he'll definitely do that this week at Punchestown. Um, to give you a, a comparison, over the last 10 years, trainers who have won grade one races, and we just picked out five. Nicky Henderson has trained four. Henry de Bromhead, six. Jessica Harrington, seven. Gordon Elliott, nine. Mark Milligan, how many grade ones over the last 10 years has Willie Mullins won at Punchestown? Oh, <laughs> Gordon Elliott, nine, you say? Mm-hmm. I'd say, oh, last 10 years. Don't you Google this. Don't you ask ChatGPT No, no, no. No, I'm not. <laughs> For once, I'm not, I'm not Googling. I'm going to go 30. Barry, higher or lower than 30? Um, I will freeze. Remember, you could freeze on that game, higher or lower or freeze. I will go with uh, 28, so lower. 72. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> higher. <laughs> Almost God. three That's times it. as much as the four trainers I mentioned. That's insane. Mm. It's, it's bonkers. Because when you're going down through the grade ones, which is what we're going to focus on, you just keep seeing in the last 10 years, it just it's blindingly It's right there in front of you. It's like, all right, oh, so Willie's won six of these in the last 10 years. Oh, he's won eight of these in the last 10 years. Wait, what? He's just swept the board. It's been absolutely insane. So 
let's let's see how this week goes. But I suspect, given that Gordon Elias was talking about, because I thought Gordon was going to say, "Oh, we came to Aintree for the ground." Yeah, that was an element of it. But he just straight outright said to Lydia Hislop on Racing TV, "Asher Willie's going to dominate punches down." So we said we'd come to Aintree. <laughs> when one of the top trainers in the business is just like, "Yeah, what's the point? It's just it's it's pointless." So the the, the Willie Mullins bandwagon. Roll on with the KPMG Champion Novice Hurdle, Grade 1. Uh, Fasal Vega bids to win a Grade 1 Novice, having been second in the Supreme Novice Hurdle. There's no Marine National to fight this time around. What are the prices with Betta currently, Barry Cole? Um, as you can imagine, Willie Mullins is fairly short to win the opening Grade 1 of the week. He is responsible for the first three in the market. So Fasal Vega is currently 7-4 to four on with us. You can have seven to two, a diverge, five to one, Ilay Tomp, 20 to one, found a 50, who was slightly disappointing at Aintree, having traveled well for a long time. And you can have 33 to one about the outsider, the Oliver McKernan trained, no looking back. It's hard to look beyond uh, Willie Win on this, uh, an obvious statement, um, Emmett. I suppose one way I could have looked at this race is if the Supreme wasn't that strong of a race, but um, in the pocket won well at Aintree. So that sort of blows that theory out of the water. I think that finished fifth behind all these three that we see. Um, so you maybe you could have th- taken a chance and found a 50. I, I was a big fan of found a 50, but the bubble was somewhat forced at entry. Look, he did travel well um, for a long time, but it's hard to see him um, get back to start the form that we'll see him winning this race um, after such a short layoff the Grand Nationals not so long ago, but very hard to get away from Fasile Vega. Diverge ran very, very well in the Supreme behind him. At Cheltenham um, 40 odd days ago. He's seven to two. Probably hard to see him out of the top two. Ile Tomp, I know you're fairly keen on him, weren't you? Mm-hmm. Heading to Cheltenham. But um, yeah, it's hard to get away from Facile Vega. We still have the sort of the bounce factor, but look, it's, it shouldn't be that much of an issue now. These horses have had over a month and a half off the top three in the market. So um, Facile Vega, he's won well around here before in the past. He's a high class horse, just bumped up against one at Cheltenham. A horse who got a good ride, in fairness. Um, at Cheltenham but um, yeah hard to get away from Fasile Vega but uh, 4 to 7 a little bit short for me in the opener but it, uh, as I say it's hard to get away from him I, w- I was a big fan of 50 fan but he was a little bit disappointing but um, look it would be interesting to see how he gets on it's a, it's a good opener a uh, good grade 1 opener but it's hard to get away from Fasile Vega for me yeah it is Mark uh, that's I mean everything Barry has said there I would completely agree with I, I put up Diverge as an anti-post bet for the champion hurdle because if Constitution Hill keeps going that way Everything else will run terrified of him. This fellow will probably stay over hurdles uh, and he might be able to, to step up, but it's literally throwing a dart at the board. I just thought at, at a 50 to 1, 66 to 1, he might be worth a go um, if something weird was to happen. And I do think he can run a big race here, but he does need to turn form around with Fasal Vega from Cheltenham. The thing is, he might be able to do that because he's had a much lighter campaign. It was a big run. Uh, and Fasal Vega was in front for a long way and would have run harder to the line. So he had a harder race, but he backed up last year. Is he going to do so again? Yeah, I think he probably will, won't he? Um, if, you, if you're pinning your hopes on Diverge, you're basically going down the route that you just said there, aren't you? The fact that this, this is just his fourth run, so he is open to improvement. But there's also an element that, Actually, if Fasal Vega had been held on to a bit longer at Cheltenham, he'd probably have beaten Diverge a bit further, wouldn't he? He might have won. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, Marine National was played later. Got a got a really, really good ride. One of the rides of the festival, I thought. Mm. Uh, Marine National, superb. 
ride. And if Paul Townend had that race again, he would probably ride Fasal Vega even more patiently. I think he'll ride impatiently this time. I, I think he's just got a bit of a class edge. I, Diverge is obviously a candidate to improve. He's only had the three runs, but he's going to have to improve markedly to overtake Fasal Vega, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. And look, Fasal Vega is a very likable horse. Um, Patrick won this race last year. He's won other grade ones at the festival. I'm, I'm going to chance Diverge. Just if something... Like, we've seen Fasal Vega bomb out before. Admittedly, that was not Paul Townend's finest hour, uh, and it would now appear very, very clear that's exactly what happened. They went way too hard out in front. Um, but then he's also been beaten at, at Cheltenham, so he's not unbeatable. He is a star. Make no mistake about it. Uh, he is still a, a star of this game, and I'd love to see him win. But he bleeds, as as our international correspondent Anton Venko keeps telling us, if there's blood in the water, the sharks will come. Well, he's... He is mortal. He bleeds. So I'm going to take a, a chance with Diverge uh, at 3-1. to one. Uh, By the way, there are 17 runners declared for the Grade 1 races on Day 1 at the Punchestown Festival. Yeah, it's very poor, very poor, isn't it? Do you know how many Willie Mullins is responsible for, Barry Call? I, I do, so I won't cheat, so I'll pass it over to Mark. <laughs> um, he's got around about, is it about 12 or 13, something like that? Oh, he went over 11. Yeah, I think it's 11, oh. is it? Yeah, spot on. So, Willie Mullins, bingo at its finest. Which, by the way, for those who are saying, hey, we got to do something about this maniac Willie Mullins. We have to put restrictions on the amount of... We don't live in in an authoritarian dictatorship, thankfully. I don't know why I'm going for those kind of words when I can barely speak today uh, for medical reasons, which are not particularly pleasant. Ah, But, hey, it's a podcast, so let's make it work. I with you. I clarify that. I clarify your medical issues. Just, just, just to spell any. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're right there, actually, because that's going to get yeah. clipped out and be like, jeez. It's just a toothache. Ooh, matron. Well, it's not just a toothache. One of my teeth cracked and came apart. That's the, that's the problem. And it happened Friday, so there was no dentist uh, open. And it's gotten considerably worse and is now extremely, extremely painful. So... As soon as this broadcast is done, I am jumping in the car and driving straight to a dentist, uh, who hopefully will supply me with all the painkillers in the world. Um, but yeah, Willie Mullins Bingo rolls on to the championship. Oh yes, for people who are saying we have to, we have to clamp down on the amount of horses in training. No, you you can't. This this stuff was being said about Paul Nichols back in the day. Michael O'Leary, we had to do something about him. He was having too many runners. It goes in cycles, and while it it doesn't seem like it will end right now. I think we should just be admiring what Willie Mullins is doing and um, and the show that he's putting on. Uh, and he is running his best horses against one another, which he's going to do again in the William Hill Championship. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, we've got the champion chaser, Anurgameen. We've got Gentleman Demi, uh, who had to skip Cheltenham, and, and Blue Lord, who it didn't happen for on his last two starts. Uh, but what are the current prices Barry Call with Betdak? Yeah, once again, Mullins domination in the champion chase. So you have an Anurgameen is currently eleven to four on nine to two. Gentleman Demi 
eights blue lord and 33s bar um bringing in magic day shakran porswa and of course rebel gold who we are familiar with having dennis on the show here mm-hmm. on, on monday and he's given rebel gold a, gave him a good mention the last time he won that was 58 days ago look it's a huge step up in class up to a grade one but um Dennis was quite sweet on that day. So maybe if you're looking for a bit of an exotic bet to fill the first three places, um, he might be worth a small bet, Rebel Gold. I know he's a 10-year-old, but Dennis said he, he felt like he was um, improving. Again, it's hard to get away from Energamond, isn't it? Fort 11, very, very short. I thought Gentleman to me was very good when winning at the Dublin Racing Festival. Form of the race is okay, beating Blue Royal and, and Soul Royal. But he done it impressively that day, won by seven lengths. Um. Yeah. Look, he's rated. What's he rated? Nearly ten pound inferior to an Argomon, and that sort of that sort of tells in the betting four to eleven, as opposed to nine to two. Blue Lord. Oh, well, he was disappointing that gentleman, wasn't he? Um. I know you were a big fan of his heading there, Emmett. I think Ugh, I but, backed him um, for the champion chase, so he was gone from the wrong gone for the yeah, wrong race first right. of all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, he's rated a couple of pound below uh, gentleman to me. But look, it's Mullins domination again, isn't it? The only other one in there, Magic Days. He refused to race the last time. I think uh, she did. So, um, look, hard to get away from Energamon. He was also impressive um, at Shetland. Will he be ridden the same way, prominent? I don't know. It's hard to see what, what what's uh, Shock and Porswall going to do. Or I think Rebel Gold was ridden, ridden prominent as well when he won at Nice. So, um, interesting to see how he goes. Will he go from the front or will he run prominent? But, yeah, it looks between himself and Gentleman to me. At the price of Gentleman to me, has to be of, of small interest. Um, obviously, missing Gentleman. He'll go there a fresher horse. He's only a seven-year-old, and Ergamon's a nine-year-old, so there could be a little bit more improvements to come. So, look, stakes to a minimum in this race for me, but if I'm having a small bet, it would be a gentleman of a knee around about 92. Yeah, it was a real shame that Edward Stone didn't run his race in the champion chase because it robbed us of that rematch. But the way Ergamine powered through the race as easily as he did, I I don't know if he'd been at his best if if, um, Edward Stone would have been able to land a blow with him that day. And the two horses, look, obviously something was very wrong with Edward Stone, but it's worth pointing out that Editor DG was involved in that, was in the red zone with Edward Stone, and he didn't really uh, replicate his run from the Clarence House chase either. Um, I was interested in Rebel Gold purely from a a forecast perspective, because I think an argument is going to win this. And he's clearly a much better chaser than he was a hurdler. He's also much better on right-handed undulating tracks than he is uh, left-handed. Um, although he has posted a big RPR left-handed. But that's where his, his best form comes. He's just never won it this time of year. Um, but I, I could absolutely see him finishing second to an Ergamine, and I'd, I'd love that for, for Dennis, and Dennis will be on next week, breaking down punches down with us. Um, but I, I am also intrigued with Barry's pick on Gentleman to Me. Like, there's a bit of value here. If you want to go hunting around for value, Mark, it's there. So is that what you were doing, or are you looking at an Ergamine and saying, yeah, he wins? Yeah, I think an Ergamine, he, he's going to take a heck of a lot of beating. Look, he's got plenty in hand on official ratings. If we frame this race using time form ratings, he's actually a stone clear of gentlemen to me on time form ratings. And that's yeah. that's a huge gap to bridge, even though gentlemen to me is going the right way. And that performance last time, while it didn't completely come out of nowhere, he he hadn't been in any sort of great form going into that, had he? But he was right, right back to his best last time when slamming Blue Lord by seven lengths. It's interesting that you fancied Blue Lord for, for the champion chase and he ended up 
it essentially, like you say, ended up in the wrong race, didn't he? I, I don't think he stays a, a, a true run. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I I think he's a short runner. And this is what I I, I thought about him at the start of the season. I know he won at Clonmel, but I still think he's a short runner. That that Clonmel Oils race, there was four runners. It wasn't run at any sort of gallop, was it? It wasn't around. Yeah, it wasn't a stamina test at all. Uh, He was found out, wasn't he? A better race, a stiffer track at Cheltenham, over two and a half miles. I thought he was potentially of interest dropping back to two miles in terms of the forecast. Um, I, I, look, when Gentleman to me beat him by seven lengths, I'm not sure Blue Lord was at his best that day either. And if he does bounce back to his best, I don't think there's much between these two. So I didn't want to take on him. I mean, small forecast bet with Blue Lord would probably be the way to go for me. Yeah, I'd favour Blue Lord over... Gentlemen, to me, sorry, Barry. Apologies. You're going to be going. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay, fella. Bastard coming in here, slamming me. But it's all about the banter. Uh, But Punchestown is going to suit Blue Lord, um, very, very well. And I, I think he is the danger. The thing is, the thing that keeps going around in my mind is, don't complicate your mind. This is really simple. And Ergamine's going to win, and he's going to win pretty easily and maybe I should have been doing the exact same thing with Fasel Vega I think Fasel Vega is a little bit more questionable I find it harder to take on an Um the defending champion when he is on song he is nigh unbeatable and uh, this this should be a win for him but Blue Lord and Rebel Gold forecast purposes and, and possibly the TriCast as well let's go uh, the champion novice chase over three miles half a furlong uh, journey with me appreciated Sir Gerard. Will they ever learn with Sir Gerard and Punchestown? Barry, what's the betting with Betdak? Yeah, a little bit more open now, uh, this one. It is currently, we have Journey with me, your 5-2 to two favourite, just ahead of Sir Gerhard, and 7-2 to two appreciated with 5-1, to one, the unknown one in there, I suppose, classic getaway. You can have 10s for, an, for Onnelly, I beg your pardon, and James de Burley is also in there at 10-1. to one. Um, Starting with the top horse for me, appreciated, I think he's, He's just a couple of lengths short at this sort of grade, isn't he? He's, he'll always seem to run his race, but I think just at this grade, if you have a proper grade one horse, um, he, he just falls a little bit short. For Gerhard, of course, look, he was a talking horse two seasons ago, wasn't he? He was very disappointing at Cheltenham in the Brown Advisory behind the, the real whacker. And his form of that run behind Flamebearer, not too sure. Flamebearer had disappointed a couple of times going into that, uh, that race. I'm not too sure what the form of that race is like. And that also... Brings the form of appreciated into question as well. He was behind them. The two horses. I, that I we can't, don't I can't tell you that Flamebearer is much better going right-handed than left-handed. That is something. I've, that is that is true. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Something we've learned. And um, the two sort of unknown horses in here with, with more uh, scope to improve are uh, obviously Journey with Me um, for Henry de Bromhead and Rachel Rachel Blackmore. He won a Grade Three at Nace. I think it was around the same time as Chetlam, a day or two before Chetlam. Very impressive down there, and hasn't ran since. And then of course, classic getaway from Willie Mullins. He could be anything, really, couldn't he? He was decent enough over hurdles and uh, he hasn't ran since before Christmas, I think it was. So so he could be anything. Uh, it's interesting. Paul's not on him. Danny is down to ride him. So you'd think if he was a real superstar, Paul would get off him. But look, appreciate it. He's solid enough. He's he, like he's like a solid grade two horse in a grade one, if you know what I mean. Yeah. That's a decent standard. But I think one of the other two could possibly... possibly uh, just improve ahead of him, but I'll side with Journey with me. I think the others 
a sort of grade two, grade three horses are very hard. He's just he's just not the horse that we thought he was going to be easy. And I think appreciated sort of in that bracket and the fact that Paul's not riding classic getaway, it will swing me towards journey with me at around about five to two for Rob Corhan, Henry de Bromhead and Rachel Blackmore. Well, shout out to Dennis, to Dennis O'Regan <coughs> as my vocal cords get attacked by frogs. Deary me, apologies, everybody. Um, and thank you for sticking with us during these technical difficulties. Basically, the te- technical difficulties being me on uh, this episode of the Final Forum Podcast. But Dennis called Appreciated as a stare very early on. I think the first day he ran over fences when he was reviewing that race with us, he was like, he could be a national hunt horse, uh, national hunt horse for the Cheltenham Festival. That's, that's what he's saying. He knew, and we all knew, that he wouldn't be eligible for that race because of the qualifications. But the point he was making is he would be better in, in staying trips. And he was knocking it on the head, any idea of him being an Arkle candidate. Uh, and this might be, this is probably what he's been crying out for, to be fair. So it, you're at least getting arguably his ideal trip. But he's still got questions. He's still got, and I'd be with Barry. I, I, I don't know. Reaching for the tongue tie as well seems like an act of desperation. And Sir Gerard, look, I, we've been here, done that, bought the t-shirt. He comes to punch us down and he just does not like it. It just doesn't happen for him there, which seems weird because he's actually posting reasonable enough figures going right-handed. Not great, but reasonable enough. Um, so I've come down in classic getaway and that's who I'm going to go with, Mark Milligan. Uh, Danny Mullins gets the ride. I was really taken with him uh, at Goran Park and heavy ground uh, on his chasing debut. They were a bit surprised themselves that day, uh, and he hasn't had a run since, which isn't ideal, but clearly he goes well fresh, and, and he'll stay. So I'm going to go with Classic Getaway. What about you, Mark? Yeah, I hear what you're saying about Sigurhard and Punchestown, but that's not going to put me off. Oy, oy. I'm sticking with him. I'm sticking with him. I think, look, he was beaten in a bumper there a couple of seasons ago, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> Probably beaten for a lack of speed more than anything else. And last year, when he dropped back to two miles in the champion novice, again, he's jumping just... I don't think, despite the fact he was winning over two miles as a novice, I just don't think he was jumping well enough, particularly over hurdles at two miles. That was the problem. More than more than Punchestown, I think it was just the fact that in certainly last year, his jumping in that um, champion novice hurdle just didn't hold up well enough. And that obviously has been the case in a couple of his starts over fences as well. He didn't he didn't jump all that well at Gowran, did he, even though he won that three-runner race. And his jumping kind of went to pieces at Cheltenham two starts ago. But he was much, much better, I thought, against Flamebearer last time and I think Flamebear is a, a really good horse yeah, agreed. and there's no disgrace there in losing out by half a length to that one he jumped much better last time I think ultimately three miles will prove to be his best trip because they're, they're not going to go hard they're going to go a step slower that'll enable him to get into a jumping rhythm I'm sticking with him I've already written in my Betfair column that I think he'll win this and I'm hoping that he's still the horse that we thought he was going to be a couple of seasons ago and I take on board the Punchestown element but I just don't think I think it's a bit harsh to judge him just on two runs there to be honest small sample sizes and all that like you say his form 
right-handed is generally okay, perhaps not at the same level as his form going left-handed. But I'm I'm with Sagar Harden here. If we were to use the uh, the inferior handicap racing service, Racing Post Ratings compared to Time Forum, and it's just because that's what's in, what's in front of me, Mark Milligan, and also I throw a lot a lot of shade at the Racing Post. Uh, the PDFs that they do are absolutely exceptional. Um, right-handed, he's posted RPOs of one six two, which would be right up there with his very best. Like his his highest over fences is one five nine. Um, in the context of over fences going left-handed, it's one three four. So right-handed undulating tracks one six two, like that would. That would allay fears, but I do think he's better left-handed, and I think they would concede that as well. Um, and the run against Flamebearer the last day was was a cracker. Uh, I started to get worried because I'd backed Flamebearer that Sir Gerard was going to nail him late on, and that's a difficult race to look back on. I'm just not sure about this trip either. I don't know if this is what he wants, but if he does, absolutely superb, and Mark makes a very strong case for him. Um, the Irish Mirror, Novice Hurdle, Grade 1. Uh, this kicks off Day 2 of our coverage. And Barry Cole, what's the betting with BetDAC? Is there betting? Uh, struggling for betting at the moment with the declarations and horses coming in and out and that, but uh, Gaelic Warrior is going to go off your favours. Um, I think he comes out well in the ratings with this. He's rated 152. I think that's far superior than any of his rivals. Um Look, I thought he ran well at Cheltenham. Uh, he's obviously a high-class horse. There's a couple of unexposed ones in here. He certainly sets the standard. There's a horse in here called Salvador Ziggy who ran very well behind Good Time Johnny in the pretense. And in fairness to Good Time Johnny, I know he didn't win at Aintree, but he sort of flanked the form, didn't he? He was held up at a, at a crucial stage in that race at Aintree. So that, that form of that race is good. And Salvador Ziggy would be the one I'd be looking at here. He, he's winning form around uh, Punchdown in the past. Another one that deserves a mention for me is Willie Mullins' horse, uh, Embassy Gardens. I'm not too sure if he's going to go or not, but if he does, um, he'd have a squeak in there. He, he was disappointing in the Albert Bartlett, but previous to that, he had shown a decent level of form. But yeah, Gaelic Warrior sets the standard, but I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Salvatore Ziggy can improve on what he's shown so far. As I said, um, he's had almost six weeks off since his run at Cheltenham, and good time Johnny has franked the form, so... Salvatore Ziggy, I think he'll be around about a six or seven to one chance and he represents good value each way if we can get the eight runners, which I'm hopeful we might just do. Somebody is going 10 to one. Okay, well, that's a bit of value. And I didn't think he'd be that big now. I didn't think he'd be that big. Now, the thing is, is this a company that you're only going to get two quid on with and then you have to submit your DNA and blood in order to actually make the withdrawal? But if they will let you take that, Happy days. Um, and I think that's a very, very interesting shout, uh, particularly with Mark Walsh booked for Gordon Elliott on a non-JP horse. Uh, Mark Milligan, which way are you going? Yeah, I was with Salvador Ziggy as well. Oh! Um, because I'm not absolutely convinced Gaelic Warrior wants to go this far, to be honest. Mm. Um, he's a relatively speedy horse. He seemed to cope okay with the step up to two mile five last time. Was he running at the finish like a horse who wants to go an extra couple of furlongs? I'm, I'm not absolutely convinced. He's the he's the best horse on form, but he's got a question to answer for me as regards the trip. Salvador Ziggy, he's a horse who's on an upward curve, ran really well in that big runner field at, at Cheltenham last time. Mark Walsh taking over. I think there's plenty to like about this one, and that, that 10 to 1, if people can get on it, that would be very tempting, particularly from an each-way perspective. 
David Russell obviously had his glorious comeback at Aintree and it worked out a treat for him. Uh, Jordan Gainford is also back at Punchestown and hopefully he'll be in the grade one winners list as well. I think he will be with Favoy de Chamdo. Uh, no, I've butchered that pronunciation. Apologies to the O'Leary's and everybody involved with the horse. But I like him an awful lot. I liked him for the potato race. Uh, that race was a complete disaster. Disaster, darling, for me. Uh, the two horses that I, I had a short list of five. They're all still running, uh, including this fellow, Favoy de Chamdo. But that was too bad to be true. Um, he'd been very good at Limerick prior to that. We know that he stays. He jumps well over this distance. I'd be very keen on him um, at, at six to one, and I would agree with Mark that I'm not so sure this is what Gaelic Warrior wants. But hey, William Mullins is putting him in there. But is he putting him in there because they're just playing musical chairs and fitting him in? Uh, he is Willie's only runner in the race, which is another intriguing element of it. But no, I, I will I will take him on uh, to the Punchestown Gold Cup Grade One. Uh, this race should be Paul Townend blowing kisses to the crowd, indulging in a nice bottle of Moet as they are fighting at the finish for second, unless Brave Man's game turns up, in which case things could get interesting. But And right now, Harry Cobden is jocked up on him. But Barry Cole, I haven't heard anything change in the situation between John Dance, Vertum and the administrators who have been brought in to oversee it as everything has been frozen. And they took out a court order to stop him running at Aintree. Well, surely that would then also extend to Ireland. So if he runs, that's terrific and great, and he'll be, uh, ad- he will add to the occasion for sure. I know Paul Nichols has said that he hasn't been told he can't run him, but I don't understand how they were blocked from running at Aintree if they can run here. Yeah, well, Ireland's a great little country, isn't it? Full of brown envelopes. But look, I can confirm that he has been given the green light to run uh, at Punchestown. Um, his owner, Brian Drew, confirmed the news that he has been given um, clearance to go ahead and run. So that's coming from the horse's mouth, I suppose, isn't it? He said he's, he said he's been given the green light to, to go ahead. Um, Gallop and Deschamps, obviously going to go off favourite. Um, seven to two on. Brave man's game. Around about five to one. You can have eight send by Allen and 20 spar Hewick. Um, Fury Road and fast or slow. Um, it's a good race, I suppose. It's disappointing with the numbers we have. We've only currently got six, but look, Galloping the Champs and Brave Man's game, they put up a great race up until the back of the last, I suppose, at Cheltenham, where Galloping the Champs was just too strong. I think somebody in this show said he might have been a nonce there. Don't know who that was, but if he arrives back here think- in that same sort of form, yeah, it was me. If he arrives here in the same sort of form as he was in Cheltenham, he's impossible to beat. But look, we're going to say that about nearly all of these favourites running over the next few days. If they arrive here in the same form as Cheltenham, they'll be hard to beat. But they're not machines, as you know yourself. Um, Envoy Allen was very good in the Ryanair. Um, Fury Road. Fury Road, for me, has had a hard enough L season without really getting his head in front. Um, since the back end of last year, he's had four he's had four runs. I think he ran in the Savills Chase. He ran in the Paddy Power Gold Cup at Leperstown. He was in the Ryanair. And, of course, he was in the Nationals. So there. Four fairly tough races. Um, I can't really see him pulling up much many trees in this. Hewitt, of course, uh, everybody's sort of favourite racehorse, isn't he? Um, did you hear he only cost eight hundred quid? Yeah. Um, yeah. Wait, Hewitt. No cost, breaking yeah. news no. on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he only cost eight hundred quid. But um, look, he was unfortunate to come down, wasn't he? Uh, falling two out. Um, I'm sure he'd have won if he hadn't fallen. The other day. There you sure go. Jenny, we were cruising. Know. Shark Hanlon yes. coming in hot here to the final furlong. Ah, <laughs> uh, we had it won, lads. We had it won. Sure, what can you do? <laughs> he couldn't 
could have, he could have. But look, um, be interesting to see how he gets on. I'm sure he'll he'll blaze off out in front. And look, it's two four long shorter than the Gold Cup, isn't it? So uh, we'll see. Um, look, as I say, hard to get away from Gallup and the Shams. It's good to see that Brave Man's game is given the go ahead to run. Um, Envoy Allen is interesting after his good win in the Ryanair. But look, it's it's going to be nice to see how Hewitt gets on. So. Probably a watch and brief at those sort of prices. Um, it's hard to oppose Gallop and the Champ at around about two to seven. Plenty short enough, but uh, an interesting race to watch, shall we say? Emma? For yeah, for me anyway. Yeah, for sure. And look, all joking aside, Hewick is a huge player here. Like, make no mistake about that. On official ratings, he would have to have a massive chance. He's got a higher rating than Envoy Len, and that's not a fluke. Like, that's not a an error. That's there, and it would give him a huge, huge chance. And obviously, you want to see him get round and. and and go well. So best to look to the team. Um, Envoy Len would need to step up in terms of the official ratings, but he's a winning machine when everything goes right for him. Um, and I hope this means if Brave Man's game has been cleared to run, which is confirmed, and that's literally confirmed right now, so that's nicely done, Barry. Somebody was keeping an eye on the Racing Post website and somebody else was like, well, what does this mean? <coughs> Me getting it wrong. But I do hope that that now means James Horton is going to be in the clear as well because somebody is is badly caught up in all of this through no fault of their own, and that is James Horton. Can't have any runners. Um, I was talking to some people over the weekend. Vehicles that staff use have been seized. Like, are they getting paid? Like, seriously? Like, are they getting looked after? Because what the administrators were brought in to do was to protect the company for the debtors and for shareholders. But there was no mention made about staff. Um, and so I, I sincerely hope that he's being looked after and that his staff are being looked after, and obviously the horses as well and their welfare, because that's a nightmare. So hopefully, if Brave Man's game is cleared to run, which we know now that he is, that's a good sign that things will ease up for James Horton as well, because it's not his fault that this has gone the way it has. Um, and John Dan's innocent and proven guilty, but it's just the whole thing's a mess. Uh, I would be with... Brave Man's game here. <gasps> and I'm a massive Gallop on the Champ fan, but he's threes on, Mark Milligan. Like, as much as I love him and I think he'll win it, I will back against him and I will back Brave Man's game. I'm delighted that, that he's going to be here. It's worked out really well for, for Irish racing that we get him when Aintree were going to have him. And over this trip, going right-handed, I think he can give Gallop on the Champs a bit of a fright for all that he should win. Um, Mark, mm. your view on the race. Yeah, I, I think you're, you're spot on. I think it's going to be closer this time. I think for all that Brave Man's game didn't stay as well at Cheltenham as Galloping Deschamps did, I think he stayed adequately enough. He stayed well enough to beat everything else, didn't he? But up the hill there, he was put in his place. But those like you, Emmett, who wanting to side with Brave Man's game to reverse the form will probably be encouraged to look at this race through the, the prism of ratings, and obviously I use time form ratings. Now, Galloping Deschamps, on, on our figures, he put up a career best last time. It was the first time he'd gone three and a quarter miles, and he put up 181. But all his previous form, over short of that trip, three miles and less, his best effort had been 176. If we look at what Brave Man's Game did at Kempton in the King George, that was 174. 
So this is more of a level playing field, isn't it? Yeah. In terms of trip, unless Galloping Deschamps can back up that improvement shown at Cheltenham over what isn't going to be anywhere near as stiff a test, is it? Three miles around Punchestown. It's going to be more of a speed test than the Gold Cup was at Cheltenham. That said, I think Galloping Deschamps will still win but I do think it'll be closer this time. Yeah, that, that's probably the fairest assessment of this. Um, Brave Man's game has run five times on a break of between 36 and 59 days, and he's won four of those. So this race is coming at the perfect time. It's the right distance. He has no problem going right-handed. He's a King George winner, and you're getting five to one about him. I'll go with Brave Man's game for all that I absolutely love. Uh, Gallop on Deschamps. The bumper, grade one bumper, uh, Dream to Share, I'm sure is going to be a short enough price favourite for this race. Um, Barry, is this going to be the dream continuing for the uh, the Kylies, the Gleasons still involved, and rightly so, they bred the horse, uh, and of course JP now the new owner. He was brilliant at the DRF, brilliant at Cheltenham. Will he be brilliant here as well? He could well be, but I think there's a couple of dark horses in here that might just put it up to him. Um, I think he'll go off around about even money, believe it or not, which probably looks like value considering what he'd done at Cheltenham. Yeah, look, he, he's he's been ultra impressive so far, hasn't he? He's been four from four. You can't you can't knock him. But there's a couple of other ones in here now, Emmett. Um, obviously Tully Hill, he's don't know what he's like. He's he's unbeaten in his only start under rules, having won a point to point by uh, only just now having won a point to point. Um, but there's a couple in here. Yeah, a couple in here that I like. A horse down the bottom at the moment called Western Diego for Willie Mullins. Mm-hmm. If you remember back to the bumper in Cheltenham that I dreamed to share one, this horse absolutely tanked through the race. Rachel Blackmore rode him that day, and he pulled his way through the whole contest. And if you stopped the race four long and a half out, he was still in front, still travelling. But when Rachel pressed the button on him, he completely emptied. And it's easy to see why, because he had pulled. It's, it's definitely well worth going back and having a look at the bumper at Cheltenham this Western Diego. He tanked through the race. He was way too keen. But to get where he got, still being on the bridle, was an incredible performance for me. It really was. He only blew up about a furlong out. He finished seventh. Wasn't beaten all that far when you consider Rachel basically stood up in the orange for the final for the final furlong. So I think he's interesting. Um, he, he should be a big price. And another horse who was of interest to me is a horse called King of Kingsfields for Gordon Elias. Um, this horse, he won his first he won a point-to-point and he won a bumper at Down Royal quite impressively, although he was beaten then at Leopardstown um, over Christmas. He attracted massive support for the uh, bumper at Cheltenham, albeit at big prices, and he was a very, very late withdrawal of the race. I think he was taken out maybe a half an hour or an hour before the race. I'm not, ter- I'm not too sure why. It was the ground. Stories. It was the ground, yeah. Okay, I heard something else, but okay, we'll go with the ground. Oh, what did you hear? But I heard it might have been something to do with travel. I'm not too sure. I'm not oh. too sure. But we'll, we'll go with the ground. Um, he he's another one um, that could be of interest because he did attract um, some strong support that day but Western Diego for me is definitely worth um, another chance for Willie Mullins as I say it's definitely make your own mind up go back and have a look at the replay of the bumper he was very good when he won his um, bumper at Nace beating Sutton's Hill he was a decent enough yardstick he's no superstar but he's a decent enough yardstick uh, bet him well and um, yeah the way he travelled in, in, in the bumper to, to get there four long out um, the way he pulled was a really an impressive performance for me. So he's definitely of interest um, in the bumper of Western Diego. My point-to-point guy 
had highlighted Tully Hill, um, and he had highlighted uh, another horse I'm about to talk about. As uh, Better Days Ahead was was up there as well, although he questioned whether or not that horse would actually make it at grade one level, and it appears as though, well, it's just one run, but it was worrying at Cheltenham. Um, but a horse he was very keen on was Ballyburn. And I was then talking to somebody at the Mullins yard about life in general. We got talking about the champion bumper and see if you can extract some information. And I was told, yeah, the best bumper horse we have is not going. Because Ronnie Bartlett wants to go to Punchestown with Ballyburn. And the thing that would alarm me about that is, if that's the case, why were they going to Ferry House? Because he was going to run yeah. at Easter, and he came out, the official reason was a temperature. But here he is, rocking up to the grade one bumper at Punchestown. Uh, this was the plan. I don't know why they were going to go um, to to Ferry House as well. Uh, Il Atlantique is not the most reliable of horses. He doesn't really find a whole lot in the finish. And the same thing happened again with him. Uh, he's out in front and Firefox was able to get to him and he just couldn't fight back at all. Uh, just seems a little bit questionable. But Patrick had chosen to ride him, um, which I thought was was intriguing as well. This is going to be, this will be very informative. Does he ride, um, does he ride Tully Hill, who was very impressive, or does he ride Ballyburn? Um, irrespective of who he rides, I'm going to go with Ballyburn. Uh, from from what I've been told about him, uh, apparently hugely impressive in his point to point. The the notes I was given about him were uh, the screen freezes up on me. Uh, a fine, big, strapping sword, plenty of scope. Uh, will definitely be uh, a winner of a graded race in time, and is uh, a very classy acquisition for the Mullins. So, yeah, I, I'm going to chance Ballyburn for all that a dream to share is absolutely the one that sets the standard and can follow in the hoofprints of Fasal Vega by winning at the DRF, Cheltenham, and this. But that's not an easy thing to do. That's not an easy thing to do at all at all. So I'll go with the fresher legs of Ballyburn in this, and um, hopefully we're going to see a, a few stars for next season uh, to come out of this race. Mark Milligan, your thoughts? Yeah, well, obviously, you know, Emmett, that I love my jumps racing, but but deep down, I'm a flat man at heart, aren't I? How do you? Go on, man. How do it fills my heart with gladness when I see a horse by Muhara dominating against these bumper boots. <laughs> he's just simply too quick for them, isn't he? Um, and he's he's killed every single race so far with his superior flat turn of foot. And I think he'll do that again here this week. I, I think he's look the the situation could change markedly once he's got eight flights of hurdles in front of him, but at the moment for me he's doing his daddy proud and he's just he's just simply too quick for these bumper horses and I think he will be again on Wednesday. Yeah, it's it's hard to argue with that, and it's great to see Young Gleason keeping the ride as well, um, rightly so. But you know that was not a given, so fair play. To JP must be nice. Uh, we'll move on to Thursday and the Ladbrokes Champion Stairs Hurdle Grade One. Um, uh, Tiapu is going to be the favourite for this race. Uh, obviously, there's the winner of this from the last two years, Classical Dream, but he was brutal in the Stairs Hurdle at, at Cheltenham, beating 34 lengths that day. Um, what is the current betting with Betdak Barry Cole? The anti post betting as Tiapu as your nine to four favourite. Uh, Monk shit. 
is 72. <laughs> so Hunter Burnley is 48. Oh, that's good. Fish, fish pond. What's it called? Um, fish cake. No. Mongfish. 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 Fish pond, fish cake, monk shit. Oh my goodness. I, I said to you on this show before, as a, it's not even a hard name to get right, is it? It's really like, not. I mentioned, you mentioned like uh, Fusayushi Pegasus or one of those horses. Yeah. You can say, yeah, you can you can understand not, not getting those ones right. Although as my father was talking about the uh, Irish goalkeeper playing for Southampton, you don't know, and he says to me, that goalkeeper's no use, is he? Your man, uh, Bazooka. <laughs> or Gavin Bazooka, you know what I mean? So look, I must be the older generation. But yeah, anyway, Monkfish is seven to two second favourite. Slur de Burley fours, nine to two classical dream, and thirteen to two Asterium for Lange, it's tens bars. So look, it's gonna be interesting to see what goes um in this race. Tiupo is your favourite. Davy Russell said he would have won at Cheltenham if it wasn't for that massive interference he received Nonsense. from Dashel Drasher. He said he would have won if he had a good upside. Nonsense. Um he didn't. Third of Burley is obviously your starting point here, isn't he? But he's had two hard races, but I think he sort of thrives on that sort of racing, doesn't he? He never knows when he's beat. Um, he's just hard to back, though, isn't he? You just know you're going to be on something if you back him that's getting shoved and pushed along with a half a mile to go. So it's not it's not good for the heart. Um, will Monkfish go on this? Um, I don't know. He's short enough in the betting. He's got a great record. Great run behind Asterium for launch um, the last day. But I think everybody sort of taken Monkfish from that race. But in fairness to Asterium for launch, that was only his second run since um, uh, March 2022 at Cheltenham when he was beaten in the Gold Cup behind a Plutard. So he's obviously entitled to come on for the run if he goes there. But look, it's, it's difficult to really nail one down now at the moment, not knowing what's going to run. Look, you'd have to give Tiupo a chance, wouldn't you? Really, I'd probably just prefer Tiupo over Sir de Burley, even though Sir de Burley is probably the more battle hardened of the two. You'd rather him in a finish, but it'll be interesting to see if, if the likes of Monkfish or Asterium Falange um, go there. Ashdale Bob, Champ, Classical Dream. Yeah, it's, hard to, it's hard to get involved in them financially, really, isn't it? But um, if I had to pick one at the moment, um, I think the safest bet would probably be Tiupo, although he's plenty short enough at 9-4. to four. Having said that, if a couple of the others come out, he may even go off short or so. Tiupo for me, Emmett, at 9-4. to four. Were you telling us last week that Sarah de Burley traded at 200-1 to one in running? He did, 200, yeah. And I wouldn't have backed him. You, that's what I'm saying, you still wouldn't have backed him at 200-1. Oh, and I backed him that day, and <laughs> remember just consigning myself to, oh, well, I, you know, got that wrong, yeah. should have backed him at Cheltenham, didn't. Uh, what am I doing backing him here at eight to one? Oh shit, he's coming along. Um, I, I'd be surprised if they run him twelve days after entry. If they do, you couldn't dismiss him again. Although I would say if there's a chink in his armor, he's raced six times right-handed and hasn't won. But he's in tremendous form. Um, I don't see any reason why he won't be as good next year as a twelve-year-old. He's not showing signs of, of a decline. I would just caution everybody that beginning of the season don't be surprised to see him pulled up fall at the back of the telly and then yeah. in the spring he comes to life so if you're getting your tweets ready in october or november going you should retire this horse they know what they're doing let them let them run them um i'm probably with classical dream just because of his bunchestown record and uh that run at cheltenham was way too bad to be true but you're not getting the value that I thought I was going to get. You're getting nine to two, Mark. So I, I am open here. Um, tell me who you think is the right bet for the champion stairs hurdle. 
Yeah, it's a tricky one at this stage, isn't it? Without knowing exactly who's going to turn up, I think Tiupu is probably just about the right favourite if he does turn up. I think there was enough in that run in the stairs hurdle last time, wasn't there, to suggest that he could probably still go on to be the best in this division. He's still only a six-year-old, isn't he? Let's not forget that. He's conceding plenty of experience, isn't he, to these. I just have it in my mind that he's ideally suited by very testing ground, though, and I'm I'm not sure. We're yielding to soft at the moment, aren't we, at Punchestown? And you guys would know more about the current weather over there than I would, but I think if there's any rain between now and Thursday, that will enhance his chances even further. Um, tentatively, I was going to side with Monkfish, Fish Pond, Fish Cake, or whatever we're called. Monk, or, or the <laughs> new one, thanks to Jerry Hannon, Monk Shit. <laughs> I thought that was a, a really good comeback run over an inadequate trip as well, let's not forget. He'd been off 713 days. I thought Danny Mullins looked after him, didn't give him an overly hard race. I could easily see him turning the form round with Asterian Falange. I I just wasn't absolutely convinced that this would be the race that, that they would go for on the back of that. I thought we'd be seeing him back over over fences, but you know, I'd probably be prepared to take a chance on on him just on the back of that encouraging comeback run. Yeah, it's it's going to be a classical dream for me. I think the current prices that we're getting are three to one. He can't be three to one, is he? Yeah, nine to yeah, two. Anti, anti. So, somebody is going threes, but as we've said many times in the show, Barry, anti-post betting is dead. It is dead. And I can just confirm, I was down in Kildare this morning for my sins, and it was raining down there. Um, not like monsoon rain, but it was just steady, constant rain. So I can't see it being any better than soft tomorrow. Yeah, so you Tipu should have his conditions. Um, yes, it it is. It's raining here in Kilkenny as well. I came up from Cork over the weekend. Um, Tipu's record on heavy five runs, five wins. Soft three runs, two wins. Good to soft four runs, one win. So yeah, it's hard to argue that he's not vulnerable when the ground gets a bit better. Um, but classical dreams, Punchestown record is the thing that swings it. You know, four runs at the track, three wins, including the last two renewals of this race. Um, loves racing at this time of year, loves racing on this kind of ground. Uh, he just has the right profile for the race. Good to soft, he's raced five times and won four. So I'll roll the dice that Willie will have Classical Dreams spot on for this race again. And it may very well be that the stairs hurdle was actually to just get him right for this, which sounds bonkers, but maybe that's exactly what they did. Uh, the Barberstown Castle Novice Chase, also on the Thursday, really should, Barry Cole, just be a lap of honour for El Fabiolo. Yeah, you'd think so, wouldn't you? He's won his last four and the, and, and the form of his racing. When you look at, at who he's beat recently, he's beat Bambridge uh, at the Dublin Racing Festival. He's beat John Bond at Cheltenham. So the form is really there. He's, he's the youngest horse in the race. He's only a six-year-old. You'd still expect there's plenty more to come from. He will be odds on. Um, what can you say about Dysart Dynamo? He sort of had the run of the race at Cheltenham, didn't he? And he took a heavy fall. I think it was two outs, um, but he was beaten at the time for me, um, and it was a heavy, heavy fall he took. And look, we just keep on giving him chances. Well, I do anyway. Keep on giving him chances and hope that one of these great ones will fall into his lap. But um, yeah, it's it's hard to see him turn the form with El Fabiolo. Saint Roy put up a good run at Cheltenham. 
But look, he still has plenty to find. Or a good run at Aintree, sorry, but he has plenty to find with St. Roy on the Cheltenham running. And then, of course, uh, not long till May, who ran so well at Cheltenham behind stage there in the Turner stage there. Of course, he was so, so poor at, um, at Aintree, wasn't he? Um, but not long till May, went in today to the um, Cheltenham race, having won four on the bounce. So, look, that run behind stage there reads well. I know you automatically think stage there was so poor, but if, if you can forgive him that run... He could be the one to put it up to the favour because the others have tried and failed. St. Roy has tried to beat El Fabiolo. So too has Dysart Dynamo. It's going to be very hard to see El Fabiolo bet, but if there is one that could possibly put it up to him, it could well be uh, not long till May. But it's hard to look past the favourite, Emmett. Yeah, this is just blowing kisses to the crowd for Paul Town. And this is Christoph Sumi on showboating at its absolute finest here on El Fabiolo, Mark. Yeah, he just he just wins, doesn't he? Um, I think if you're desperate to get involved in the race, you're probably looking for something in terms of a forecast to finish setting to him. But it, it really should just be a go down and come back again job for El Fabiolo. He's his form is if it's basically in different parish to the rest of these. Dysart Dynamo. He, he took that heavy fall, didn't he, at Cheltenham? Up until then, he, he jumped really well, I thought. And it was probably just the fact that he'd done a bit too much in front and was getting tired, wasn't he? I think there's still there's still a really good horse in there somewhere in Dysart Dynamo. They just need to try and curb his natural exuberance, I think, because he just ends up doing a little bit too much in front for me, I think. I say I think there's still a good horse in there, but El Fabiolo is the youngest in the field. He's got the most upside. Already has by far and away the best form. He will just win, won't he? He should do. If you wanted to take him on, and I think your argument there, but if you're desperate to have a bet, that's probably the right way of approaching this because this is the kind of race where either put out El Fabiolo in your accumulator or just sit back, watch and enjoy it because we should be treated to a really good show. But if something strange was to happen, Dyser Dynamo is probably the one who would pick up the pieces. Uh, he is better going right-handed. He is he flies on undulated tracks. Um, he just had a brutal fall. The, the distance of this race is going to be shorter than the Arkle as well. So he has a better chance of being able to have his running style play out to full effect at Punchestown than he would at Cheltenham. But... Paul Townend is not going to just give Dyser Dynamo an easy lead. He'll have him in his sights. And the argument that that was being used comparing the DRF to the Arkle, that if you stop the race here, this is what the result would be, the jockeys know the distance. They know that the distance is longer at Cheltenham. They know that it's shorter at Leopardstown. So they make their moves at different times to the track. That kind of comparison just doesn't work. It does if you're making the case for a 10-to-1 shot that shouldn't be able to turn the form around and you're saying, well, here's why I think that will happen. And you're getting compensated in the prices. But that's not what you're getting here. You're getting 5-to-1 maybe about Dyser Dynamo, but you also have to factor in the fact that he had a really bad fall. So if he's okay and he's given the green light, then that's a great sign for him. And he could certainly make El Fabiolo pull out more of an effort than he did in the DRF and make him pull out more of an effort than he did in the Arkle. I'd want bigger than 5-1. to one. But at, at the prices, yeah, possibly. But El Fabiolo is probably going to just crush them. Don't complicate your mind. Um, Champion Hurdle. 
Grade One. So this is on the Friday, 5.25, Racing TV, RTE. Are ITV coming over? They probably are. Um, this is Bring a, the protesters over with them. Oh, Jesus Christ. If, if I'm okay, we're doing another special on that tomorrow. And I, I think you'll like the guests. So that's going to be a, an interesting show, and I'm hoping that I am able to actually communicate properly tomorrow. Uh, if not, we'll record it later in the week, but... Yeah, there's a lot to talk about there. Um, but this is a fair argument for Stateman staying over hurdles. Because the only time he'll face Constitution Hill, if he stays over hurdles, is the champion hurdle. And he can mop up all the other two-mile grade ones in Ireland. And he'll probably mop up this one as well, Barry. Yeah, he should do. He's, he's around about twos on to, to take it, which is uh, is plenty short enough for me. But like, what beats him? You know, it's, it's so tough. Um, they've all... Like as we mentioned in the last race, they've all tried and failed before. It, it looks to concern the four horses, Sharjah, Stateman, Vaban and Zana here. Um, Epitant, she's a nine-year-old now. She's just been a little below us. Uh, she's gone. Um, last she's, she's yeah, gone I, think, I think she's gone, yeah. I don't think Echoes and Rainer is good enough. Pied Piper is, you know, he's not grade one. Colonel Mustard, a couple of runs last year, but no, I don't think they're they're going to put it up to these these four. Zana here who has run well the last couple of occasions. Um, I thought Sharjah ran really well. Uh, at Aintree, um, he ran a cracker in the county hurdle, lumping around 12 stone. He's a 10-year-old now, so it's hard to get too excited, but he ran a cracker in the county hurdle for me, and I thought he ran really well behind Constitution Hill the last time at Aintree. Uh, Vauban, I keep on expecting Vauban to improve. He's only a five-year-old, but he seems to be stuck at the same level um, for the last while. But um, yeah, look, it's very hard to get away from State Man, uh, put it up to Constitution Hill. Well, <laughs> as, as close as you can put it up to him, but um, if Sharjah goes, he might be the each way option. I don't know if we're going to get eight in the race, but um, yeah, I thought he ran well. He ran well at Cheltenham. He ran well at Aintree. He always seems to give you a run for your money, doesn't he, Sharjah? Um, really consistent horse. If you look at his last six or seven races, he's, he's, he's being placed in the mall. Even going back as far as, let me see, four, eight. Yeah, he's been placed in his last 10, 12 starts, and, and all of those races have been more or less in grade one company. So um, yeah, he'll give you a run for your money despite being a 10-year-old, and he's reliable enough, but Hard to look past statement, but yeah, I'll give Sharjah a sporting chance in that. That was a lovely run in the entry hurdle. I can't help but feel, though, he was ideally ridden by Patrick. We're not going to win, so let's pick up the places. And he's done, yes, done something. Yes, possibly really. so. And Dennis had warned again about Zanahir. Like, the man who put up Zanahir is the each-way bet without the favourite, which you get paid because you were getting three places in the anti-post selections. Um, come the day, it was obviously only two places. Uh, but he's was very, very clear that horse doesn't stay. He just doesn't. He's not going to get the trip in the entry hurdle. And and Sharjah got there. Lovely run. Uh, terrific run. He could very well finish the... He could win this, possibly, but it's probably going to be state man. And your analysis of Vaughan is spot on. My hopes were so high about this horse at the start of the season, Mark. And he ran a blinder at Christmas time, but he has not really stepped forward at all. In fact, on the inferior to time form, racing post ratings, uh, 161 at the start of the season, 160 in the champion hurdle, 159 in between that. So he hasn't gone forward. Yeah. You know, he intrigues me for several reasons, Verban, not necessarily as, as a betting proposition in this race, but the fact that he, he does keep promising more than he's delivering. And even last time in the champion hurdle, for me, even though he ended up both beating 15 lengths, he was essentially the first one to give chase to Constitution Hill and paid the price for that in the end. 
And I'm just wondering, I might get sucked in again by him because I thought oh, no. when he was second, <laughs> when he was second in the Matheson, the state man, I thought that was a decent run and there was improvement to come. But he then kind of finished a bit further behind him, didn't he, next time? But still, for me, looked like a little bit green and like he wasn't, he hadn't really come to terms with the game properly. And that run last time, as I say, he was the first one essentially of the principles to give chase to Constitution Hill. Both Stateman and Zanahir came from further back than Vauban. And we, we know what really, really good horses can do to just very good horses if they try to put it up to them. Just look at Frankel and what he was doing to Excelebration when Excelebration tried to tee up Frankel. And Vauban essentially tried to put it up to Constitution Hill from the second last and and basically ended up being battered. If he'd been ridden like Xana here, for instance, I think Vauban would have been a clear third in the champion hurdle. But he wasn't. He was ridden to try and beat Constitution Hill and he paid the price for that and ended up being beaten 15 lengths. So I think morally he was at least worth third place in the champion hurdle. Is that enough for me to put him up here to beat Stateman? <laughs> Probably not. But I think you've got a clear forecast there, Stateman and Vauban, one, two. I think that's a really good shout and uh, eloquently explained as well. Vauban is becoming a bit of a cliff force for me and you might well have just put me on that cliff right beside you. <laughs> Oh, dear. Um, Stateman was, of course, a winner in Grade 1 Company at the Punchestown Festival last year. Who will be winning the race this time around, though? Uh, we don't have betting as things stands for the Alana Holmes Champion Novice Hurdle Grade 1, 6 o'clock on the Friday. Barry Call, but who do you like? Yeah, there's an awful lot of horses entered in this race that we will have previously seen, so it's very, very hard. There's still about 30 in the book. I noticed that High Definition is in there. Um, be interested to see how he gets on. Yeah, look, of course you're interested to see how he runs, um, but I don't know. He was, what was he, beaten 10, 11 lengths uh, by Marine National Al. A couple of others are in there. Like It all depends who goes, Emmett, but um, Tan Coyley is interesting. Yeah, he's well-rated in there. Um, was like Fasal Vegas probably not going to go. Gaelic Warriors probably not going to go. Um, Impere Pass, will he go there? More than likely, but... Um, Another one that was good in the pocket. It's very hard. It's very hard to know. You can mention them all. Um, but of the ones that are currently entered who I'd be who I'd like to see going on and I'd be looking forward to would be um Imperi Pass and obviously high definition um classy uh, flatbread horse. So Mark is probably rooting for him now, given he's like me, he's anti twig hopping and looking forward to the flat. So high definition would be for us black Oreos. Yeah, just on um high definition, nobody seems to mention this. So I'll bring it up again. We've we've talked about it a couple of times. This horse went through the sales ring and was bought by Avenue Bloodstock. And they made a thing about it at the time that he was going to go to Joseph and he was going to be trained for jumps racing, but that they would have the option of keeping him on the flat. He's still owned by Coolmore. Why? Mm. Why was there... And it says it. You go onto the Racing Post. Sorry, I keep mentioning the Racing Post, Mark. Hook me up with Timeform and I'll give them all the mentions in the world. Um, freebie Timeform stuff and we'll go nuts. 350,000 guineas Avenue Bloodstock. They don't own him, nor does anybody from that organization own him. He is still in the ownership of 
it switched to John Magner on the 12th of January, which would have been when he was declared um, after running on his hurdling debut. It then briefly switched to Derek Smith, and now it's Derek Smith and Mrs. John Magner. That doesn't make any sense. Did something happen that he the deal broke down? He failed the vet? Did they buy him through Avenue Bloodstock? If so, why? Why would they do that? They have their own Bloodstock agents and exceptionally good ones. Something's not right about that. Um, and, and what I mean by that is, it would appear to me as though he was sold, the deal has fallen through, and they've retained him. And I don't think he is good enough, quite frankly. I think he's he is one of the most infuriating flat horses we've ever seen. He promises the world and delivers nothing. Um, I couldn't understand the hype about him for the Supreme. He had fallen before the halfway point in the Tattersalls Ireland Grade 1, and that run in, in the Supreme wasn't good enough. Uh, this presents him with a good opportunity. But the likes of Champ Kylie, they're going to have too much for him. They'll just have too much for him. So I, I don't get it with him at all. Uh, and I, I can't see him doing it. If if Irish Point was to try and back up Aintree, which I doubt he will, but if he did, he'd be a huge player. Nick Rocket was terrific at Fairy House. He'd be a major player here. Um, I, I'd even back Parminium before I'd back High Definition. No, 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 no. And he's probably more than likely going to take in the Telesol's Gold Cup instead, uh, which he ran a big race in last year, but that, that whole thing about him still being in Coolmore's ownership when he was sold just suggests there's a problem. It's a little bit like Fasal Mode. Remember when he won at Christmas time and everybody was talking about this Thomas Mullins horse and he was saying, oh, you know, we're a selling yard and we'll see what offers come in. And everybody was fascinated about where that horse... No one bought him. You think nobody went and checked that horse out after winning at, at the Christmas meeting at Leopardstown? You think no vets were sent to that yard to go look him over? And he's done nothing since. Of course people went to look at him. Of course people were interested in buying him. Just didn't pass the vet. And maybe High Definition passed the veterinary inspection before the sales, but then failed it afterwards. Uh, something's not quite right about that one. And I'll, I'll try and get to the bottom of it, but I, I would be avoiding him like the plague. Um, Mark, who are you with? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, that they've given High Definition that um, entry in the Tatsels Gold Cup. He was second to Alan Kerr in that last year, wasn't he? And is that almost an admission that they're basically done with the hurdling experiment? I, I suppose me, I the counter probably is. Yeah, the counter to that is why is he entered at Punchestown then? But why would you have him in Punchestown and the Tattersalls Souls Gold Cup? Like I, I said, yeah, freshen him up and give him a flat campaign again. He's a good flat horse. He's just not reliable. Is the punch the Punchestown race would have been an early closer, wouldn't it? So would they have had to enter him quite a while ago for it? Good shout, actually. Uh, yeah, very good shout. Would they potentially might have had to enter him for that before they entered for the Tattersall's Gold Cup. I don't know, I haven't got the information to hand, but I would imagine it's an early closer and he's been in it for quite a while. But as I say, I think the entry in the Tattersall's Gold Cup tells us plenty about what they think of high definition and then his aptitude for hurdling. For me, this race is pretty simple. If Empere Passe turns up, I think he's just in a different league yeah. to this bunch. And I think he, he follows up his his Cheltenham win. But at the moment we're kind of shooting a bit in the dark, aren't we, as to what actually will yeah. and won't turn up. Yeah, it, it, it's 
it's a guessing game. Um, and the other horses that I was mentioning as being potential winners were the contenders, if you like, to to um, Imperi Pass because he'll butcher this lot. Like he will. Who do you want to back? If it's even money, the two high definition or Imperi Pass, you're back in Imperi Pass. Uh, the problem is we won't be getting even money about him. He'll he'll be much too good here, much much too good here. I, I suspect and. A hugely exciting prospect for next season as well. Uh, the Speaking of Coolmore, Coolmore National Hunt Sires, Mogul, Mare's Champion Hurdle. I uh, did love Mogul. He was a real... Mark knows well what a cliff horse Mogul was for me. Oh, no. <laughs> um, Anna Bruina is in here for John McConnell. Brandy Love. Oh, dearie me. Uh, Echoes in Rain. Epiton is in here as well. Uh, love Envoy. Uh, Marie's Rock, who... Yeah, ran a big race the other day. Uh, Princess Zoe, who was bitterly disappointing. Uh, Fairy House, uh, she wears it well. And Theatre Glory, uh, the syndicate horse, who might get her ground and would be a very intriguing runner, uh, particularly given the fact that Nicky Henderson has won this race in the past. Barry Cole, who would you be siding with? Um, I would probably go with Maria's Rock, wouldn't you have to? Um, look, she's been solid enough all this season. Um, I haven't put too much thought into the race if I'm honest with you um, it's still a race where there's a lot of water to go under the bridge as regards entries but um, or entries sorry entries you hear me entries but if she turns up yeah it'd be hard to look past Maria's Rock she's fairly solid now in eight year old now at this stage so yeah she'd be the one if she were to rock up there and and it's a very fair shout as well. Uh, people were critical of Nico de Boinville's ride at entry I don't get that at all he didn't do anything wrong um, just that train of Sire de Burley was relentless and and was not for stopping. Um, this would represent. Yeah, he, he got a bit of flack for the ride, didn't he? I suppose, but I look, he's just a dour stare that 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 sort of early, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think those those criticisms were were pocket talk. Quite frankly, I just I didn't get it at all. Um, Love Envol would be really interesting in here. Maybe maybe this is the time Brandy Love will will shine. Um, she may very well end up being a cliff horse for me. Again, I was quite bullish about her for the for the mayor's hurdle. Um, what do you like, Mark? Yeah, I'm I'm kind of working on the principle that I'm not convinced Marie's Rock will turn up just 14 days after entry. She may well do, um, but I think it's a big ask uh, to take in Cheltenham, where she ran badly. She then ran well at entry, didn't she? Then to back up 14 days later, I like Love Envoy. I think yeah. she was second on merit to Honeysuckle last time. That was a career best for her on on the figures. Um, Marie's Rock, she, she didn't really run a race there, but Love Envoy had plenty of these behind her, didn't she? Uh, other than Marie's Rock, Queensbrook, Echoes in Rain, Brandy Love, Epiton, etc. For me, at this stage, without fully knowing who's going to go, Love Envoy would be the one I'd want to be with. I concur. And then the Ballymore champion four-year-old hurdle. How far does Lossy Mouth win by Barry Cole? Sorry, Emma, the form, yeah, the form is really strong for Lossy Mouth, isn't it? Like everything she's beat has gone on to run really well. How far does she win by? Oh, yeah, I, I think that's the only bet you can have in that race. Um, she was very good at Cheltenham. And as I say, everything in behind has franked the form. So, yeah, look, she's going to be impossible to beat in that race. She's really exciting. I was always against her really this season because I heard Patrick Mullen saying she's quite a small filly and there might not be that much scope for improvement. But all she's done all season um, is improve and it'll be, it's very interesting to see how she'll get on in this. Look, it will be betting 
how far. But um, yeah, interesting to see how she gets on. She's a really, really promising type. Do you remember that firm I mentioned earlier on about the Irish Mirror novice hurdle, great one, that there was a firm going 10 to 1 about Salvador Ziggy? And maybe yeah, it's one of those firms. It's suspicious that this show hasn't gone live yet and you two both fancy Salvador Ziggy and the 10 to 1 that our listeners could have gotten has disappeared <laughs> and been replaced <laughs> by 7 to 1. Jacuse! <laughs> Jacuse! <laughs> Nothing to do with me. Hang on, look I'm on the I'm on the I'm on the phone to my lawyers as we speak. That's a shame. Yeah, defamation, defamation. It was the definitely Milligan. It was definitely Milligan. If you're <laughs> reaching for that defence that quickly, it was definitely Milligan. <laughs> but Barry, you're probably not aware of this, but this is not the first time that Emmett has levelled something like this at me. And I tell you what, I'm, I'm, my lawyers are all. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we just just pray his two day gets worse. Oh, it has gotten worse. <laughs> uh, yeah. So if you're if you're a long time listener and you're saying to yourselves, "Oh, great," and you've gone to that site, and now it's five to one, probably. Jeez, like, the listener. No, before the show even went to air, the boys had taken the prices. Deary me, deary me. Or maybe I'm accusing both of you to deflect attention away from myself. Yes. Yes. <laughs> What's Which is not what happened, but I said, if I'm going to sink you two, I may as well put myself into that boat as well. Um, Mark, it, Lossie Mouth, I mean, she just wins, surely. Yeah, I, I had her down as my banker for Cheltenham, and she didn't disappoint after she'd had that luckless run at Leopardstown. I thought she was better than she'd ever been in the triumph. Very, very impressive. It's hard to see how the likes of Garlemas so etc can reverse the form with her if she turns up in the same kind of nick um again we don't know the full makeup of the field at this stage but she's the clear leader in the division and she's going to take a world of beating isn't she given all the stuff they had mentioned about nuzret wanting to go right-handed i'm amazed they ran him at entry and if they'd come here fresh i'd have been reasonably keen on him each way and and maybe it'll turn out that he runs a huge race but she should win. They have to give her weight as well. It's just, oh dear. Uh, yeah, she really should win. All right, boys, best bets for the Punchestown Festival. Barry Cole, you get the honour of going first. I'll go first, and I'll mention the horse that I spoke about earlier on, uh, Western Diego. Um, I was really, really taken by that run in the bumper at uh, at Shetland. And I implore people to go back and make their own minds up, have a look at the race, have a look how keen he travelled throughout the race. And he was still there a four-long out in what's one of the really, really high-class race, that bumper. He's entered up twice. He's entered on Wednesday in the champion um, bumper. And he's also entered as well on the Thursday evening. So, look, there's a couple of entries. be interesting to see where he goes. But he's definitely a horse with a lot of promise. And, uh, yeah, Western Diego is one I'm really looking forward to running this week at Shell. Mark Milligan. Yeah, even though the price appears to be evaporating, I'm going to go for Salvador Ziggy. Not convinced Gaelic Warrior wants to, to be going this far, so he's a, a sporting each-way shot for me against Gaelic Warrior. Well, well he, he was a sporting each-way shot, but now he's got it because of you, Mark. But, but before, before Emmett got his uh, various <laughs> accounts going. Oh, yeah, oh, now it is my fault. Oh, lovely, yeah. I, I'm, I'm liking that. Um are we allowed to say if he bolts up, we let's advise that ten to one? Yes, we are. <laughs> like the racing post do, and all love to Tom Siegel, who's an absolute genius. 
But, you know, the amount of times the cleaning staff have all those prices hoovered up, pardon the pun, uh, and they're like, oh, advised at 16 to 1 when it was never available. It's like, okay, all right, well, we'll play that game too. Um, I'll give you a lucky 15, so I'll give you four losers. Uh, Diverge. Classic yes. getaway. I'm taking you on, son. Yes. Ballyburn. Um, yeah. Actually, I'll make a lucky 31. Why not? Uh, Favois de Chamdo. Sorry, boys, taking you on there as well. And Brave Man's Game. So that'll be my lucky 31. That's that's a retirement lucky 31. That's, um, what is it Steve Palmer calls them? The face spitter? <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> so just go in, resign, and face spit, spit in your boss's face and be like, good night and good luck. Uh, I have a, okay, had a friend a number of years ago, a friend of mine did a, a, an anti-post lucky 63. George Washington was one of the key players in that. Uh, in the 2000 guineas. So it would have been 2006. Is that right? Uh, yeah, Footsteps and Center was 2005. So George Washington was 2006. Uh, and it came off. He did an anti-post lucky 63. Was Ingalls Dreaver in that as well? Was that his year of winning one of those four stairs hurdles? Uh, one of the three stairs hurdles that he won? Uh, but it, whatever it was, it, it came off. And he didn't face spit uh, to his boss, but he did resign and retired. He won over 250 oh. grand and just went, that's it. That's enough. I'm done now. Cheerio. Bye-bye. Um, Alan is his name. I don't want to give his second name away because it might be a bit too much, but he kind of... Stanford. Yeah, yeah he, I, think, I think he might have bought a little island somewhere or something like that, but just <laughs> magic. Absolutely magic. Delighted for him. And he'd been telling me about it the whole way through. Um, did I put a cent on it? I backed George Washington quite hard, but I didn't follow him in on the other stuff. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. You love to see it. So, uh, And there was some bloke, was it with one of the big betting companies in the UK, won 400 grand from a lucky 31 the other day? Magic. Nice. Small stakes to well, win I won't be, Yeah, I won't be spitting on anybody's face in the bet I got this week. I can guarantee. <laughs> well, perhaps if Aaron McCarthy was to rile you up again, if you get beaten in a photo finish and you send out another WhatsApp saying, oh, lads, I've been uh -huh, done yeah. with it. That might, but no, you're too much of a class act for that. And and indeed, we all are. <clears throat> uh, right, that's it, boys. Enjoy Punchestown. Uh, it is going to be the Willie Mullins show. It is Willie Mullins bingo in full flight but I'm still looking forward to it. It's a terrific way to bid farewell to the jump season. And then we're focused on the flat, but Dennis O'Regan will be here to break down punches down with us. Uh, and indeed the jump season in total uh, next week. And then we're all about the classics. Uh, just briefly, lads, any thoughts on Frankie Dettori doing the flying dismount just a little bit too early on Chaldean the other day, Barry? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not as big a fan as I've made clear before on the program. And I thought it was very poor. I thought it was, it, look, I've only seen it once or twice and I didn't see any cameras down near the stalls, but the only angle I've seen a head on for a guy who's been riding for the last 643 years, it looked poor. You know what I mean? It looked a little bit poor to me. Um, but I don't know if he listens to the show, but if he does, I don't care. Um, it was, yeah, it was <laughs> poor. It was poor, Frankie. And you need to brush up your act. That's my thoughts on it. What were yours? I thought it was brutal. Yeah, good. I, I really, I thought it was really brutal. And you shouldn't do this, but my initial reaction was, if Oshin Murphy was on that horse, would he fall on? And the answer I came up with was no, he wouldn't. But it's yeah. it's very unfortunate. You're As a jockey, you're supposed to be alert to everything that's happening, including at the yes. start of a race. And it just seemed soft. It just seemed really yeah. soft. 
spot on. And it does. You know, in a week where a jockey pulls a horse up, uh, trying to disguise the winning margin and gets nailed on the line in a six to one on shot, which just Ooh. looks crooked, quite frankly. That's how, that's the optics of it, and that's the that's the abuse that was going on on the so, on social media. I respected Pat an awful lot to come out and, and face Jess Stafford in the way that he did. Um, and I thought how Jess handled that was was terrific too. And clearly the guy was crestfallen. Clearly it was an error. But in a week where that's happened and there's protests going on and then Frankie falls off, a short price favourite that had been drifting all day, the optics aren't great. Um, no. Mark, what was your, your thoughts on it? Yeah, look, I've, I've seen a lot of Frankie Dottori this winter. As you know, I, I watch an awful lot of American racing yeah. and he's won he's won plenty of races out at Santa Anita in Keeneland but there's no way he's riding anywhere near to the sort of levels he was four or five years ago and that's to be accepted the guy's 52 years old you know the aging curve he, he's not Peter Pan he can't defy it and what I've noticed more and more watching the Tory ride, particularly over this winter, is that he's he's struggling more to get horses to settle now. Now, whether that's him losing some strength, some conditioning as he gets older, and has he got that now lower body strength? For instance, when a horse does jink, as Chaldine did, and got a little bit of a bump, I don't I, I don't think he's got the strength in his legs anymore to essentially stay on board when something like that happens. And I think that was as much at play than anything else. The fact that, look, he's he's the greatest jockey of certainly of my lifetime, probably the greatest jockey that, that there's ever been. But the fact is, he's 52 now, and you can't expect him to be able to do the same things in the saddle that he could do five, ten years ago. And I think, for me, Lower body strength, more than anything, perhaps came into it there, having seen plenty of Dottori over the last six months or so. That's a really good analysis of it and, and sums it up. Look, he didn't do it deliberately. It's just bad. It's bad. Um, I don't think it harms Chaldean's chances of, of being able to win the 2000 Guineas. And if you liked him beforehand, you should still like him. He hasn't really moved in the market. If anything, he shortened. He was 11 to 2. He's been clipped in by a few firms into fives. He's, he's still right there, but if Little Big Bear is okay, if he's flying along nicely, they won't see which way that horse goes. In in my humble opinion, they won't see which way he goes. But Chaldean is a big danger to him in my mind. Yes, I am ignoring uh, August Roden for the purposes of this race. He'll win the derby. Uh, more from Mark Milligan and Barry Call uh, to come on the Final Forum Podcast. Boys, enjoy Punchestown. We'll talk to you again very, very soon. And thank you for listening. Hopefully we'll be recording a special about the current state of British racing and what can be done about these bloody protesters. Uh, how should racing be responding to them as well? Do we have the right answers? Are we acting in, in an appropriate manner? Are we acting in the right way? Uh, because the more they talk, if you actually allow them speak, they look like idiots sometimes. But their message is getting out there. So we need to be able to counteract that. Stand Up For Racing are doing a great job, but what more can we do? Uh, we'll discuss that, hopefully, on tomorrow's Final Four Podcast, and it should be out this week. Uh, from all of us, be safe, be well, have a great punch of sound. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you soon. God bless. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by BetDAC. Get 0% commission on all sports for 100 days when you join BetDAC.com, the sports betting exchange today. New customers only. Terms and conditions apply.